Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio. Hey, there's a question for you. I got a really incredible letter yesterday in the mail from a listener, and I'm so grateful for all of our listeners out there, but this was a very interesting letter. No return stamp on it, or no return address on it, but a stamp. And I can't tell where it was stamped because he took it right to the post office. But inside, a cryptic little note, not too cryptic, but no signature saying, Jim, God's all in with your plans to encourage retired people to witness. You know, I mentioned on air a couple of weeks ago that I bought the website iretireforhim.com because on the air with Luke and Dave from Bel Air Wealth Management one day, we talked about the fact that, listen, retirement is just stage two. And it doesn't matter whether you're in school whether you're in your workplace or you are retired, we all have a calling on our on our lives. It is all of our callings, no matter where we are, our workplace, whatever it may be, whether it's our retired place, whether you're golfing or you're working as a volunteer somewhere, or you've got a part-time job so you can interact with people, our workplace is our mission field. And in that mission field, you and me may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. Hey, today, another fast-moving day, as we got Jeff Ruby on the line with us today, right in studio. I'm looking at his eyes. I'm, I'm, I'm just blinded by the glare, because both of us have bald heads, as we're talking today about accountability. Jeff, you just got back from a trip to Paraguay, one of your passions, that you love being in Paraguay. You're working alongside a pastor. Welcome back to I Work For Him. Tell us about how the Lord was using you in Paraguay recently. Yeah, it was an amazing trip. It was our fifth trip there, and... Um... It's good to be here, Jim. You brought back Pastor David's son, Victor Vera. Victor, you're on you're on the studio with us today. Do you want to say hello to people? That, you, I understand you've got family listening in Paraguay today. Why don't you say hello to them? Say it in both English and say it in Spanish. Saludos para mi familia que está en Paraguay, para todos los que me están escuchando en Paraguay. Seguro están ahí. I got that. He's saying hi to his family in Paraguay. That's pretty awesome. Victor, glad to have you in the studio with us today. Jeff, I know that the ministry in Paraguay is always, it's just a highlight for you. How did you see the Lord working there? Well, you know, we had a uh, we had a fantastic week, it, highlighted by a few things that I'll, I'll mention to you. We were in a middle school and had an opportunity to, to uh, bring the gospel to a Christian middle school that had actually never had the gospel preached inside of it before, and, and that was pretty cool. So we, we uh, got to share Christ with about 30-some-odd students, and uh, 23 of them actually prayed um, to uh, to accept Jesus for who he is, and we spent some time ministering to them. And we did a, a young camp 
uh, where we went out with some high schoolers out to a, a distant remote location and spent a couple of days out there with them and saw nine of them uh, pray to receive Christ. That was that was amazing. Uh, one of those was a, uh, a young man by the name of Edgar that uh, I'd love to talk about in a little while. It's fa- fantastic. It is so cool to be able to just see the Lord work and, and, and be able to present the gospel to a place where it's never been presented before and give people a chance to respond to the message of Christ. It, what a privilege. You know, I, I, this is, so it's your fifth time? That's your fifth trip? Yeah, fifth time. Wow. So it's almost starting to feel like a home away from home. Yeah, it really was. This year I, I had an opportunity to bring my uh, my wife with me, and that made it even that much more special. So it's uh, just a great, great trip. So what was different? I mean, having your wife there, she got to experience it alongside of you. You guys, your kids are grown now, so getting away from home was an okay thing. How What did, what did she experience? You know, she, it was funny because I, I, you know, kept asking her if she was, uh, if it was what she had imagined. Because, you know, of course, throughout the years, I've FaceTimed her while I was there and spoke to her. And she's seen all the pictures and the slideshows and talked to people I've gone with and even met Pastor David and Natalia, who had come to our home a couple of years ago. And, you know, we were walking through one area around where the, where the church is relocating. And we were just doing some uh, ministering and some evangelizing throughout the neighborhood. Neighborhood, and she looks up at me and she said, and I, I said to her, "Is this what you imagined?" She says, well, "It's no, not even, not even what I imagined. It's 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 amazing, and um, really changed her, I believe. You know, it's her first overseas mission trip, and uh, it's just a great opportunity for her to really meet some of the folks that I've been uh, spending a lot of time with over the last five years, and really connected some dots. So it's just great time, great great time of worship for her and I, and had great rich prayer time together." and devotion time it was just it was it was amazing amazing what a privilege that was to be able to do that together by, yeah. the, uh, by your bride's side that's a yeah. pretty cool thing really is your spanish getting any better uh poquito <laughs> that's okay we're gonna work on that we're not on a spanish speaking station anyway but it's it's good today you wanted to talk about accountability and as we lead up to the break why don't you talk about why accountability is such a key thing and why at red rock leadership where you can find out more about jeff ruby and red rock leadership online at redrockleadership.com why is accountability so valuable well, just by the the name in and of itself, to be accountable, right? Like accounting, uh, to 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 connect the dots. To if you're going to trust someone and expect them to trust you, there has to be checks and balance in that relationship. And so, if we're going to reach out and mentor people and coach people, there has to be some expectations. And if there's expectations, there has to be a way to measure those expectations, and um, that's done through accountability. And accountability is one of those things where our culture doesn't like that word. I mean, it's it's a that's a negative word. People look at that almost like a swear word. Oh, accountability. I mean, they, people until they understand it really look at that as a negative. I think you know, no matter where we go in the world, we're we're going to begin to experience more and more adversity to accountability as as truth becomes something that's relative. It's going to be uh, is very very difficult to hold people accountable to anything that that they can see is change here today, gone tomorrow. It could change day by day. What we're talking about today, accountability with Jeff Ruby from Red Rock Leadership. Find him online at redrockleadership.com. Accountability is one of those things where we, you and I, listening to the show today, we're accountable to our Heavenly Father for the things that he wrote in that 1,500-page manual that we call the Bible. And we've got Jeff Ruby here to talk about accountability and how it can make your company fantastic, make it great, make it successful. Jeff Ruby, welcome back to I Work For Him. 
Thank you, Jim. Great to be here. Accountability. You've been a coach, a leadership coach, for a long time. But accountability, let's just describe what it is for people. Because people, some people think of accountability just all negative. But it's really not negative. It's really very powerful, and it's very positive. A- absolutely. It's... It really is. Um, it becomes the backstop for for whatever we're going to do inside of an organization in order to make sure that people understand the the perimeter. They understand the boundaries. They understand where they're to go, uh, how far they're to go. Um, when we have core values inside of an organization, which we've talked to about a number of different times, it's we've got to give people an opportunity to run. We got to, we have to give people an opportunity to grow and use their knowledge and their wisdom to help us grow our companies. And um, you know, to give people that runway, to give people that 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 space to run in, we, we've got to be able to let them know how well they're doing when they do it. And you know, it, when they're not, when they're heading down the wrong road or the wrong path, there has to be that 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 permission slip, if you will, to bring them back into line. And if it's communicated ahead of time of what those accountable points are going to be, people should have no cho- no problem with being held accountable. Uh, just like you said, our relationship with the Lord. If we're in, if we're in the Word, we know what God expects of us. And so when we when we go down that wrong path, or when we think that wrong thought, you know, it's it's to us who are true believers and and Christ followers, that's good news. That's a that's a that's a good feeling Absolutely. when the Lord says, "Hey, listen, that's that's not what I wanted you to do. This is what I wanted you to do." That point of correction we recognize is that's love. And uh, as a leader, we have to use that in the same way that our Heavenly Father uses it with us. We have to use it to love our people, to show our people the way. Uh, John Maxwell, I think, is the one who says, uh, leaders um, know the way, show the way, and go the way. And so as leaders, we have to be willing to be held accountable as well as be accountable. You know, recently, I've had a couple of guests on the show that just talk about leaders and recognizing and understanding that leaders are not necessarily all business owners. They're not necessarily all CEOs. A leader is somebody who has a follower. A leader is somebody who has influence over somebody else. And that's why I want to make sure people hear what we're talking about. Because I disciple, right now I don't have any employees. And I work for him, it's Martha and I. and But I disciple a lot of guys. And I'm a leader in their life. And I provide accountability to them. And there's a lot of people listening today that are discipled. They're in a, they're in a small group or they're discipling people one-on-one. And that and accountability is the power in those small groups that we go to, in our churches, in our businesses, those small groups, that accountability is powerful. So you, if you're listening today, don't just get twisted by, well, I'm not a business leader. No, 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 no. This is for leaders. Accountability is powerful. Jeff, one of the things that I've noticed that people really struggle with in business and in, well, in, in any kind of workplace, it's not necessarily business, you know, whether it's in churches or whatever it may be, is that people stop, they, you know, it used to be decades ago that a year and annual review was the accountability that you got. And then it went to like quarterly reviews. But today's generations, the millennials, they're looking for often feedback. They're looking for accountability on a regular basis because they're used to it. They're used to instantaneous feedback. No question. You know, there are three things that this generation really focuses on is uh, purpose, mastery, and autonomy. They, they want to know that there is a purpose that they're working toward. They, they want to be they want to be held accountable. Right. They want to be they want to do well at that. But then they want you to let them go to do it. 
And I think where we get a little bit cross, some of us Gen Xers or even baby boomers and working with the millennials, is that we weren't always given very strict instruction. We weren't, it wasn't really described to us what to do. Most of us, it was just kind of like, go do it. And I'll tell you, you know, no news is good news. With millennials, it's not that way at all. It's, it's really all about, hey, listen, I need to know minute by minute, how am I doing? And it's really because of the way they've been raised and the way that the culture has come around them. And so it's important to understand that ongoing feedback is very, very, very important when you're discipling someone, when you're, when, when you're leading a family, when you're leading a church group or whatever it might be. It's just very, very important that, that because it's not just with millennials. It's in our culture right. today. It's everybody. doesn't matter how old they are. Well, and, and we've all gotten used to the instant feedback. As we sit in the studio today, we all have our cell phones right next to us, and we're used to We're checking all the time. I mean, you're in a room full of people, and you're like, oh, oh look, look, I missed a phone call. I'm on the air. I can't believe it. But people are, the accountability, we're used to instant feedback anymore, no matter what age we are. I mean, I've got, last year at Christmas, I took a picture in my living room. Martha's parents were in the living room, my parents in the living room, and all of them were on their cell phones. Okay, so it talks, everybody's addicted, but this, so accountability gets to be sometimes the accountability and the feedback, because feedback is what drives the accountability. It it, it has to happen more often than some of us old, well, we're kind of, we're young generation, or we're old generation Xers, we're young baby boomers. We don't, we didn't grow up with constant feedback. Well, keep in mind, accountability is about checks and balances. And so mm, and, like and when you, you know, I, I can only speak and, I, you know, those who can't do, they teach. So, um, you know, as I, oh, as I, I, I tell that a lot to, to the people I work with. But, you know, I, I've, I've constantly tried to make it. So for, take, take, for example, I teach a Sunday school class with ninth graders. Um, at the beginning of that class, I make sure I run through what the ground rules are. You know, hey, listen, uh, put, put your cell phones under your chairs. Okay, pull out your Bibles and put them on your laps. Open up to this particular passage in Scripture, and then I let them know we're going to spend this much time in Scripture today and this much time talking. And I let them know that ahead of time. And so where I think we go wrong sometimes is we come into a room and we just start talking. And you have four or five people on their cell phones, nobody's opened up their Bible, and they're starting to get antsy because they wonder when they're going to be able to talk. But if you cover all that up front, okay, and then you live up to those expectations throughout the meeting, everything goes well. So there's oh, your ongoing feedback, your ongoing accountability. Don't jump past that because that was the that was the biggest point you get. I mean, you're talking about checks and balances, but setting expectations and then living by the expectations. Absolutely, because that's what people have a problem with leaders today. I mean, when you look at the 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 issues that we have in this country, is a lot of political leaders set expectations. They make all kinds of promises for years on the campaign trail, and then they get to where they're going. That's right, crickets. They, they don't ever meet the expectations. As leaders, no matter wh- what organization we're in, we set expectations. The way we get loyalty, the way we get people to do the things we ask them to do is by meeting the expectations that we set. L- let's draw some pictures for people. Let's just, what does accountability look like for, for leaders? Let's just start there. Accountability for leaders. Draw some pictures. What does that look like? Integrity. Okay, what do you mean? Never promise anything that you're not going to be able to fulfill upon. Let your let your intentions match your actions. Communicate what you're going to do, and then follow through on those key points. If you ever hear somebody, I'm gonna drift off the the path just a, just a touch. If you ever hear a leader uh, promise more than three or four things at one time, I really question their level of integrity because people remember things in threes. 
And so whenever I whenever I draw out my points to to a group of people, I always try to roll them out in threes because I can remember three points, they can remember three points. We remember the three Stooges, but we can never remember the seven dwarfs or the little rascals. So it's really important. You pick up on these little things as you go, and I train people to do the same thing. When you set an agenda, set your agenda with two to three points, no more than that. So the key here as, as, a, as a leader, if you are going to expect to live up to your expectations, make sure you live up to what you said you were going to live up to and know what you said. Or you, you brought politicians into it. The reality is they're saying what they need to today when they're in this state and what they need to tomorrow when they're in that state. There's nobody holding them accountable to their statements. It's clear because the statements are different each place they go. And it's just, it's just, it's a popularity contest. It drives you crazy. Drives me nuts. So you're saying, do what you say you're going to do. That's what you're saying. Integrity. That's integrity. Right. And and there, but it seems like that's a, it's okay. I'm going to try glass half empty, glass half full, glass half full. Okay. There are, there are people out there that are doing it, but we need to encourage more people to do it. Do you know that 75 to, was it, I, I forget the study. Mid 70% of people that are uh, disgruntled about what's going on just in the country in terms of economics or politics, when surveyed, all point to leadership as the number one concern they have when it comes to, that all boils back down to accountability. That translation, accountability. Leaders aren't accountable. So I encourage you, as we face the polls in three weeks, look at who the leaders that we're talking about electing at every level of our system who are they surrounded by that's the important part who are they surrounded by who's influencing them you listen to i work for him as we talk to jeff ruby from red rock leadership about the value of accountability find out more about how red rock leadership can transform your work environment whatever that may be redrockleadership.com that's redrockleadership.com you know jeff accountability is one of those things where people are going on a friday jim you're talking about accountability that's just wrecking my day i don't want to be accountable i don't want to be accountable in fact i'm speeding right now as i'm driving down the road listening to you i don't want to be held accountable for all the calories i'm gonna eat tonight because it's party night i don't want to be accountable for sleeping in tomorrow when i have projects to do i don't want to be held accountable for accountability that's no fun right but The Lord built accountability into everything we do. There are repercussions for our actions, and that's accountability, and the Lord built that in. If we overeat, we get fat. If we run a red light, we may get hit by another car. There's accountability built into every intersection in our lives. Absolutely. So how do you—you were drawing a picture about accountability for leaders, and really just was all about the integrity, holding leaders, whatever that may be, to to what they say they're going to do. Because leaders should do what they say they're going to do. So if you're listening today and you're a leader, that means if you influence one person or more, are you doing what you say you're going to do? Right. So think about this, though. Accountability isn't anything that's negative. Sometimes we put a negative spin on accountability, don't we? We do. You know, it's like, well, I need to do this because if I don't, this is going to happen. But look at the positive side of accountability. If you do these things in, in such a way to promote collaboration as opposed to uh you know listen i'm from cleveland and so here here's in the in the marty schottenheimer years can i say that on sure. there okay <laughs> he you know he ran a prevent defense so ever since then i began to understand that a prevent defense does anything for you except allows you to win it only prevents you from losing or from from winning that's the only thing a prevent defense does so be careful when you think about accountability don't run it like a prevent defense 
right? Think about accountability for what it can do do for you. Don't be afraid to take those long shots, right? Don't be afraid to don't be afraid to take those those opportunities way out, you well, know. And that's really what I mean when you when you you said it at the beginning when you couple accountability with. Um, those you establish the boundaries and you give people the freedom, like the millennials are saying, "Hey, we want we want autonomy." When you couple accountability with responsibility, that's a good thing. I mean, but that and that's something that in our society today, nobody wants to take responsibility or be held accountable. That's and that's not true. I, and Martha's going to call and she's going to go, Jim. You just said nobody. There are lots of people out there. I mean, I love accountability. Sometimes it's painful because I push the envelope somewhere, but accountability helps me. Especially when somebody couples it with responsibility, that helps me to blossom. Right. Absolutely. That's that's what I mean. Don't be afraid to 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 think negatively about res- uh, accountability. I mean, that's that's the important part about staying in the Word. Right? Is it is that constant reminder that we're not perfect. Is that constant reminder that the only way that we're perfected is by allowing the Word to work within us, by allowing Christ to continue to abide in us. He was perfect. We are not. And you know, the more that we understand that, the more we realize that, and then that allows us as we're as we're leading others to have compassion for others, like Christ has compassion for us, right? And he holds us accountable, but he does with a level of compassion and caring. And so we can't control how other people receive that. And and I think that's one of the things that comes back to us as leaders sometimes, no matter if you're a father, you're a mother, you're an older brother, you're a friend, you're you're a, you're an accountability partner to somebody, and you bring something to them they need to hear, and you do it in a loving way. You can't control how they receive that, right. and um, so that's important to understand. Don't let that discourage you. That idea of holding people accountable and people stomp away and get mad or quit or talk bad about you. If you've done it with the with the level of compassion that you needed to do it, sometimes. Sometimes people just have issues. Sometimes people can't receive it. <laughs> Everybody's got issues. But but it's so true. Most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, when you hold somebody accountable, even if they storm off when you apply that accountability, most of the time, those people will come back and thank you. Absolutely. Most of the time. And, and you know, you look at your kids. I mean, look, I, look at my kids. You know, there are many times we had to hold our kids accountable for their behaviors. I mean, your kids are in college. My kids are out of college. But we had to hold them accountable. And sometimes that made them miserable. Yeah. But that's because they either misappropriated a responsibility. But today you got a pretty good relationship with your girls, don't you? I, I do. And, you know, it's, hey, listen, there's always those times in relationships where, you know, things get tenuous. It's important, though, to remember to always ask somebody if they're ready to receive what you're what you're about ready to tell them. And so, that's, sometimes as a father, though, you're like, oh, you're going to hear this. Yeah. You might not be ready. Right. Right. But, you know, it's, you know, apply that, apply those, that compassion. That's the key. That's an art, though. And that's that gift that you and I, when we were born, the gift of mercy doesn't come natural out of us. We have to work on that. That's right. That's right. As Jeff smiles, you should see this because the two of us, that is, we are, we are gifted in communicating. We are not always gifted in communicating with a great amount of mercy because we just got important stuff to say. And that's some, that's what the Lord does in our lives. If somebody compared me today to who I was 30 years ago, they would say, wow, the Lord really hasn't done amazing work in your life. And the people that just know me from the last couple of years are like, Jim, seriously, you got work to do. All right. So let's talk about what this accountability looks like in a workplace, because that's what we're talking about today. And that's what you at Red Rock Leadership help leaders do. 
apply accountability in a positive fashion to bring about great results. Not only great results for the company or the organization, but great results for the people. Absolutely. I would speak to that uh, on the selling side of a business, which that's a that's a real easy place to talk about accountability. And we do a lot of uh, training on the selling side of a business. And what, one of the things that we, we have this service called active management, and that's where we've got a uh, half dozen or a dozen so companies that allow me to become the, the, the pseudo sales, the interim sales manager for their company. And what I do is I'll help come in and set up systems and processes on the selling side of the business. And one of those things that that all always includes is a tracker. And um, that tracker helps the owner of the company. It helps the sales manager. It helps it helps the operations manager understand what the expectations of the sales team is. It also helps the sales team understand what the expectations of the sales team are. What Every single time I use a tracker, I use it as a scorecard, as a scoreboard. Sure. And, and what I do is I set goals. And then I you work to motivate people to hit those goals. And what you have to do is you have to show them the benefits. It has to be something that they're interested interested in. But what I do is I turn that into a, a place where people go daily and put their activity in. They put their dials in. They put their conversations in. They put their numbers of quotes that they've made, the number of deals they've closed, the dollars that they've closed, all in there. And then at the end of every day or the beginning of every the next day, I ask that sales manager or myself or, or the owner of that company to send a recap email out to the team, just letting the team know kind of how they're doing to know that we're paying attention to that tracker. And sometimes that's done on a weekly basis, sometimes it's done on a daily basis, but the reality is you have to make that scorecard visible. And it has to be something that we all agree to. And it, I've, also, I've come into organizations before where people have said to me, you can't do that tracker. That's gonna discourage our people. They don't like that. They, don't, they think it's babysitting. Well, when you bring it to them in a way that shows them it's actually gonna have a benefit for them, they'll use it. Well, because if you, if you could show that, hey, if you do these things, you will see an increase in your results. I mean, that accountability, when you, and this is my opinion, I'm not a professional like Jeff is, but when what I have seen as a manager, when you hold people accountable, they'll do one of two things. They will rise to the occasion and appreciate the accountability, or they'll say, I'm. I don't want to work in this environment, and I'm going to leave. I mean, it's one. I mean, sometimes people just leave because of accountability. But when you manage people. You har- and hold them accountable, you hardly ever have to fire people because they're either going to remove themselves or they're going to rise to the occasion. Do you see that, or, or am, I, am I on a well, that's, that's the goal. That's the goal, right? Uh, God didn't give us his word. So, that I mean, the law, we were just studying this this morning, our men's Bible study. The law was not put in place to restrict us. The it law, was to give us freedom. It was to set us free. And so we, you know, he was so gracious to give us those parameters because he loves us so much that he wanted to show us the boundaries. And and we as believers, we, we respect that. And we come to fall in love with the idea of, of where those boundaries are. And that's what I want my sales teams and my management teams to fall. They want them to fall in love with the fact that I cared for them so much that I put these parameters up so they know exactly where the perimeter is. They know exactly how close they can go to the edge without falling off and getting hurt. And that, that's that's accountability. And what I love about what you just described, though, is that kind of a card could be work, used in a church organization for pastors on, on meeting people and praying with people and having conversations. That could be used in any kind of a nonprofit organization, a for-profit organization, because everybody has, they've got activity they need to accomplish on a daily basis in order to be able to make the organization succeed. I mean, Absolutely. activity, what you're doing is just tracking activity. Absolutely. We're talking with Jeff Ruby today from Red Rock Leadership. 
You can find out more about how Red Rock Leadership can transform your company. RedRockLeadership.com. And Jeff, you said you just added a new feature on your website. That's right. Talk to me about that. I like this. This is exciting. Sure. Go to RedRockLeadership.com forward slash radio. And uh, whatever topic we happen to be discussing today and this month, uh, you can you can read about a little a little bit about it, and then download some information that were that will kind of help you. There's some tools, some assessments from time to time, that all freebie stuff that you can uh, that you can use in your business or in your personal life. RedRockLeadership.com forward slash radio. I like that. So now I'm part of your radio, your Red Rock Leadership site. I like that. That's pretty cool. I like that. It's awesome. All right, we're talking about accountability today. And Jeff's done a really good job of countering my glass half empty on this thing. It's really, the way Jeff and I talked about when we were off, off the air was accountability in my life. I love accountability because I don't want to screw up anymore. And accountability keeps me on the straight and the narrow. It puts those parameters around me and I make sure that other people are going to keep those parameters around me and that I, if I get too close to the edge, there's somebody to push me back. And in any workplace, Jeff, as you've said, accountability coupled with responsibility and some freedom, people will really respond positively to that. They should, absolutely. Now, just remember, there's always that, if there's if there's not a win-win Opportunity. There's always that walkaway clause that you can that you can exercise. So I, I want it's it's one of it's it has to be fluid. Accountability has to be fluid. The folks that are being held accountable should be should be being held accountable because it's something that they know they're going to gain something from. Uh, and if they're not, if if they see it as something other than that, either you need to make the adjustment in your style or. You have to have a talking to, and maybe they just don't fit the culture of the environment that you that you've sort of set up. So, if a business or an or really any organization, if an organization, I mean, because really this applies anywhere, it could be a church, it could be a mission organization, it could be a business, it could be anything. If an organization has zero accountability, how long will that organization exist? Oh my, um, there's no telling, but not very long. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's just can an organization really exist without accountability? No. Well, let me ask you this. How long will you be able to pay your bills if you are not accountable to what's in your bank account? Yeah, when it runs out. There you go. There's your answer. So, you know, if <laughs> if you have a lot of money and you're continuously throwing money at the organization, not paying attention to what's coming in and what's going out and how people are taking care of your customers and how taking care of each other, um, then you're out of business as soon as you're finished funding it. Um, so. so how do you teach leaders to value accountability? Because this is literally, you're, you're working with business leaders, organizational leaders, and you're helping them understand this is something you must do because it is to the benefit of your people. But how do you teach it? You mentioned the sales side of it. Do you teach it from another perspective too? Or is sales always a perspective on accountability? No, it's the easy one to talk about okay. because that's you know that's the, that's the side of the organization that deals with orders coming in, orders going out, customers, major. quantitative. But on the leadership side, here's a statement that we make a lot. If you want, everyone, everyone wants trust in their organization. They want to be trusted. Every leader wants to be trusted. It's the one thing, man, I just wish my people trusted me. Or the famous phrase is, just trust me on this one, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but here's that the works. thing. Right. Here's what we have to understand as leaders. In order to be trusted, we must first trust. So we've got to trust others in order to be trusted. Think about this with accountability. If we want people to be accountable, we must first be accountable. 
So if we're if we're living our life in one direction, expecting our people to do something that we're not doing ourselves, it's, it's never going to never going to happen. Never going to happen. And, and why is it that leaders don't seem to understand that? So let's help them understand it because really what you just said is listen, if we're going to People will respond to accountability if you're accountable. Yet how often when you go into an organization, do the leaders really know how his or her people feel about them? Well, you know, I I can't – the door swings both ways. I I get some people who really do understand it but just don't know what to do about it. Okay. And then I have some people who are just completely clueless. The the key here is this. The, The operative word is selflessness. It, mm. it, think about servant leadership. The, the the best form of leadership is clearly servant leadership by example. And so when you're not taking care of others, when you, when the purpose of holding someone accountable or the purpose of putting some sort of a measurable in place isn't for the sake of protecting those people that you are putting those measurables in place for, if it's for the sake of helping you put more money in your pocket or helping you get a better review, then they're going to eventually see that. Yeah, okay? they'll sniff that out. So it's a it's a difference between between being selfish and selfless, and that's 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 difficult, right? And I I know we're speaking to a lot of Christ followers right now, and we are. it's imperative that 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 Christ followers understand. They've got to understand that in the in the place of business. Your people are looking at you, and if they know that you go to church, if they know that you follow Christ, if they know that you're in a Bible study, believe me when I tell you, they're hoping to see something different in you, hoping to see something different in you than what they see in the rest of the world. Right. They're craving that. And when you approach a situation from a selfish perspective, from a prideful perspective, it, they're, so, they're, they're so sensitive to that. That they're gonna they're gonna push away from they're you. Ultra sensitive to that. Absolutely, Jeff. Wanted to just let's just describe you. You go into an organization where accountability has been yeah, not dealt with at its same levels, and and you're helping a leader incorporate accountability at all levels of the organization. What's the first reaction to people, employees of this organization? What is the first reaction when they say, "Oh, we're gonna start holding you accountable"? What's the first reaction? Many it depends on what the what the culture's like. You know, many well, times this is a culture where let's just say we're a culture where accountability wasn't in place before. Uh it, it generally is received very, very well. You know, many times people are finally, you know, they're, they're really? saying things like okay. finally, you know, uh, this is what we need. This is what we need. Um however, you have to understand that that's they're expecting accountability something different than what it really is, because accountability where there's no accountability always is eventually received very, very uh, standoffishly. There, it's kind of a wait-and-see process. But initially, I think it was an example you were using off the air, where you take a teenager who doesn't have any rules in the house. You know, what is the, the, what, they crave rules. They want it. So they want that, but then when you put the rules down, they're so used to operating without rules, there's a, there's a period there where you've got that, that tension. Well, pushback. That oh, yeah. yeah. But you got to be able to live through that pushback. But that's where the integrity piece that you brought in in the first segment really comes into play. Do what you say you're going to do. Don't say I'm going to hold you accountable and then not do it. And serve them. Right. And then and serve through it. And what people, when you start to hold people accountable who have maybe been wallowing in their position, whatever that position may be, when you hold them accountable, usually 
they will rise to the occasion because they're like, wow, somebody cares about me. They're Absolutely. actually asking me hard questions. That's key. They've got to know you care. They've mm-hmm. got to know you care. And how does accountability communicate care? Sometimes it doesn't. It's what happens after you've held them accountable that really kind of proves out that you care. So sometimes you have to let you have to let accountability run its course, right? Let things kind of unravel. Don't try to fix it in the middle of holding somebody accountable. Wait for that moment to pass when you feel that tension is there. Let them live through that tension a little bit. But at the right moment, come alongside of them. Maybe it's a maybe it's a going out to lunch or maybe it's just sitting down over a cup of coffee or or just you know letting the dust settle and say hey tell me a little bit about yourself you know just what what's been going on how, how, show them that you care show them you're more than just about holding them accountable show them that you actually have a heart that you do love them and that you do care about them right open up that dialogue a little bit let them see who you really are that, if, but you've got to care. But that's transformational. That, that's saying, hey, go be transparent and vulnerable with your people. Let them know that you care and hold them accountable. And those two pieces together are life transforming. That's something that many people didn't grow up with. And so they, they knew they craved something that they were missing, but they never experienced it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you go into an organization and you help leaders and supervisors, managers, owners, incorporate accountability at different at all levels of organization do the organizations ever just implode and go bankrupt or or do they almost always respond in a positive fashion where they're if it actually is done don't these organizations start to improve yes for the organizations that truly subscribe to this idea of accountability but it's got to be done through the transformation of leadership leadership really has to care and where if they're going to use, um, if they're just going to use accountability as a weapon, um, never going to work. Right, that's, never going to work. That's awful. That's but it awful. happens. Oh, I'm sure it does. The conversations when Jeff Ruby comes, it's like a locomotive going downhill so fast. I am sure there's things that you've missed. You're gonna. I just invite you to go out and listen to the archive. Iworkforhim.com, or you can go out to iTunes and download the podcast. It'll be available on Facebook right after the show. We're talking about some really cool stuff today. We're talking about accountability. And, and Jeff, I promised this question. Okay, I'm an employee in an organization, whatever that organization looks like. Maybe I'm even a, a member in a church. And the leader loves accountability, but not for him or her. They're a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do kind of a leader. How do I, as an employee of an organization, as a member of an organization, hold my leader accountable in a positive way? I don't know if I have the answer you're looking for, but here's... I I honestly don't have an answer. Well, here's this is what I would say to anybody who is working for a leader that you feel may be selfish, uh, demonstrative, um, in it for themselves, is just don't go there. And um, it's all around us. And sometimes, just sometimes by your actions, you can lift the spirit of of somebody who, who maybe, remember this, selfish actions are nothing more than a defense mechanism. Right. And so there's something going on, but the best way to show somebody out of that is to show them you care. So an example I have going on right now is you know you, you take a, you take an owner who is um, a little bit desperate for results, and so where does that what does that owner do? Well, that owner may put undue pressure on different people in the organization in order to try to get those numbers up. And so, you know, what I what I my, the way I coach those employees or those managers that are under that owner is, hey, listen. You do what you do, 
and you become super transparent in everything you do, right? Not for the sake of pleasing this person, but for the sake of making sure that you let everybody know that they're being well taken care of. Report what's happening. Keep it out in the open. Communicate, 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 and do it with a smile. Do it with high energy. Do it with the utmost of character, and don't do it because you're selfish. Matter of fact, do it with the expectation that you may get fired for being so transparent. Do it with that expectation. And, and if you do it to the best of your ability, especially if you're a Christ follower, do it unto the Lord, right? Do it with the full expectation. Remember, we're not put here so we could be glorified. We're put here so He can be glorified. That's right. This is not about us. It's ultimately all about Him. And so that's the perspective we need to have. And when I really believe ultimately when we behave that way, no matter where we are, okay, we're going to impact somebody. We may not impact that leader. But we may impact that person to the left of us or to the right of us that, that we're just about ready to go down the, into the dumpster, right? They may look at us and think, wow, look at that. That's how I want to behave. And you never know when you're making an impact on a leader in your life by serving them that way. They may not respond properly or in a good way the way you want them to today. But if you're consistent in your witness, you may get an opportunity down the road when you're not working for them to come back and minister to them. And, and that's, that's the beauty of looking at our workplace like a ministry field, like Amen. a mission field, because we, I mean, hurting people hurt people. And you said that they may be masking pain and that's why they're holding accountability and they're, and they're doing it. Do as I say, not as I do hurting people hurt people. Amen. Jeff Ruby, Red Rock Leadership, great conversation today on the value of accountability. Thanks so much. Enjoyed it. Very yeah. much enjoyed it. And we could do this a lot. You hey, know, don't forget redrockleadership.com forward slash radio. I like that. Forward slash radio. Redrockleadership.com forward slash radio. Find out of details and, and documents and things backing up the conversation we had here today on the air. And really, whether you're a leader in an organization or a leader in your community or a leader in your neighborhood, maybe you're a leader in your church, Red Rock Leadership is equipped to help you hold people accountable. They've got great ideas. Check them out online at redrockleadership.com, redrockleadership.com, and then forward slash radio if you want to find out more. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. We're, I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. I work for him.